Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And there's really not a lot for us to talk about, so we're just going to – this is going to be all NBA-focused, and it's going to be very short. Yep, yep, yep. The big news of the week is the draft lottery, which says a little something about the NBA now. The draft lottery kind of resonates more than the conference final starting, but I think it kind of does, at least this year. Well, we're at the point now where – it's all very perfunctory in the playoffs. Um, everyone yeah. thought we would get to about here, and then we got yeah. here. Um, yeah, yeah, very few seeding upsets. In fact, I think only one, and that was Utah and the Clippers, which was the 4-5, um, and went seven games, and then they proceeded to get swept really easily by the Warriors. So, yeah, we, we uh, haven't seen much in the way of upset, and, and, you know, it all seems like the stage is clear for that finals three-peat. But we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's dive in with the draft, and then we'll talk about what's going on in the playoffs in a little more detail. But uh, the Celtics won. The Lakers get the number two pick, so Lonzo Ball can go to the Lakers, and LeVar Ball can get in a fight with Magic yeah. Johnson. Oh, I mean, there's, there's a 0% chance that Lonzo Ball will make it through his rookie contract on the Lakers without LeVar Ball mentioning AIDS in an attack on Magic Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it, probably you're right. Um, you know, I mean, he's uh, he's not met a microphone he doesn't love, and um, you know, he he's a, looks like he's in position to get his wish. Uh, you know, we've heard for for months that you know he wanted Lons to go to the Lakers, and um, you know, it's all set. Uh, of course, the the Celtics could have a say or another team um, if the Celtics decide to to trade that pick. Um, and, and you know what? The Lakers could also have a say, too. The Lakers, everybody assumes the Lakers are going to take him. Maybe they don't want it. Uh, I mean, that you know, we haven't heard that, and everybody just kind of, you know, do it two together. And uh, But, you know, I'm sure they're going to look at other guys and see what they think when it comes time to actually make the decision. I think that it is entirely possible that Magic Johnson goes through all of this and is like, you know what? Now, no, you're not a sure thing. I watched De'Aaron Fox just wipe the floor right. with you in the Elite Eight, and I'd rather have uh, the kid from Kansas. Or the, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I you know, fortunately for for us, I mean, as you know, we're two people who followed Pac-12. We got to see Fultz and and Lonzo Ball come out. You know, we got to see him play ASU. We got to see him in Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament for Ball and. You know, they're both very good players, but I am a little wary of the notion that they are sure things, as you put it. I don't I don't think they are either. Um, I mean, if, uh, you know, Markel Fultz reminds me a lot of what we talk about with quarterbacks a lot of times where I say, well, if the guy was that good, why didn't he win more? Um, and especially basketball, where one guy can have uh, an impact on his entire team. You know, I'm not saying he needed to win the national title or get to the Final Four. But nine wins and two in conference made me wonder if you know if he's that good. What what went wrong? Uh, well, I'm, although I'm, I'm a, let me take the other side on that though. One, obviously, Romar had run sure. his course, and they you know to the point where they had the number one recruit in the country, and they still fired him. Right, um, right. The, the the second point about that is Washington's talent behind Fultz was bad. 
And, no doubt. No and, doubt. And uh, so with, with everything slanted towards him and with all of the pressure on him, he still averaged 23-6-6. Six six. He did. He did, yeah. I mean, no, no question. I'm not necessarily suggesting that, you know, well, he bears entirely the blame for them going, you know, 9-22. and 22. Not at all. Uh, I mean, they obviously had a lot of problems. It, it reminds me a little, I guess, again, comparing it, you know, we talked about Deshaun Kaiser. And I said, well, I don't, you know, Deshaun Kaiser to me wasn't the, the chief reason that Notre Dame went 4-8, but he contributed to it. And does that does that make you wary? And I guess I would say, you know, if if Washington had gone, you know, 18 and 13, I probably wouldn't think much of it because I'd say, well, yeah, boy, they didn't have much talent. And, but to have that bad of a season, it just makes me a little wary of, is this guy really that special? I think he's good. But sure thing, you know, ticketed for, you know, 10 All-Star games, I'm not sold. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess my view on Fultz is that I think Fultz is a, is a more sure thing than Ball. I was just listening to the Bill Simmons um, yeah. and the kid from Ohio State, Club Trillion or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I was listening to their podcast, and one of the things he said is, you know, Ball's never really faced adversity, and then when he had – Fox on him he just folded and then they brought up a point which I had slipped my mind but when they brought it up it really triggered something for me which is all he cared about was going pro he didn't really care and and it was obvious when they got bounced by Kentucky because he wasn't off the court before he announced he was leaving right right yeah yeah no I mean he you know he used it as a stopping point um and and He's not the only one. I mean, that that big Ben Simmons documentary that was on Showtime very clearly illustrated that Ben Simmons used LSU as a stopping point. They're they're basically wired to go to school for a year. Um, they have a few other options, but realistically, the main option is you have to go to college for a year. And and so you know, some of them they they're clearly there just to put in their required time and move on. And I think that was the case with Lonzo Ball. Uh, but you know what? Saying that, he he still led UCLA to one of its best years in recent memory. Um, you know, if we go back to the three years they made the Final Four in a row, this was really the best year since then. Um, and and so you know, each side benefited from it. Obviously, he got a stage to form. He helped UCLA to be really good and be ranked in the top five of the tree for, for a lot of the season. And now he's on to the next level. And and uh, you know, this is this this is the system that we've got now we just have to deal with it yeah i mean i was looking at the the first revised mock draft after that and it's like oh freshman yeah. freshman freshman foreign guy freshman yeah yeah i mean this is what we've got and you and i have talked about this in the past and you know you know you know you know like that and i'm not necessarily suggesting that but if the nba teams want to change the system one of the things they could do is simply stop drafting freshman you know or, or stop drafting them so high stop devaluing kids who are juniors and seniors but they don't do that you know it gets worse every year i mean now if you stay three years you're kind of you know looked down upon well you know he's just a junior and he spent too much time in college well so they've created this monster of always taking the guy based on potential and so so you know they really have nobody to blame but themselves when it comes down to it Meanwhile, the uh, projected Rookie of the Year vote-getters are either a guy who played in Europe professionally in Saric yeah. or Brogdon, yeah. who was well, a senior. That's, 
who was a senior. I mean, that's the point we get into, is, especially when you're talking about the Celtics. And it's, you know, it's a it's a sexy thing to say, oh, they're in the conference finals, they're number one seed, now they've got the number one pick. Most likely, whoever they take, if they use the pick, unless they trade it for a, for a veteran, is not going to be ready to contribute at a, at a grand level for a contender for several years. I mean, that, you know, what we see nowadays is these guys get drafted and then we hear about them and they do some good things and then maybe it's three years later, four years later, that's when they look like stars. Look at Kyrie Irving. He got drafted uh, and it took until basically 2015, LeBron joining the team as well, but maybe the year before he was an all-star, the all-star game MVP took a while for him to become that guy. Um, we're seeing it a little bit with Andrew Wiggins. You know, now it's he's through three years. Finally, he's, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't looked like a great player yet because he's just there physically and mentally. You know, it takes a while. You have to bring these guys along and be patient with them. Well, I mean, and, and you know, you take a look at even with the Bucks with Giannis where it's like, well, now yeah. he's amazing, but his first year he – couldn't find the floor. He right. was getting bullied. That's, he, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys have to. I mean, you you say it in that they have to get better physically. You know, when you're 19 and you've been in college for six months, you know, and then you come to the NBA. It's it's a big change. And save for a few guys, they're not they're not just they're just ready physically to play 82 games with grown men. Uh, and it takes them a while, and then it's and then there's you know the mental aspect of the game, the grind of playing 82 games, traveling, um, you know, being on your own. You're, you know, that's a lot for a for a 19 year old. Uh, managing your money, all of a sudden you got all this money and you don't know you know how to how to handle it. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to it, and it, and that's the thing. We're not we don't get immediate help anymore in the draft. Charles Barkley has been making this point for several years, and he's right. You know, the draft was intended to provide immediate help to bad teams, and that's not what we've got now. We've got bad teams taking guys with the theory that, well, they'll help us in three years. Um, that's hard to sell to your fans, however. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing with what the Celtics have that's interesting is obviously – They've been stockpiling assets, and, you know, Paul Pierce's tweet was fun about how my final gift, I got you the number one pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this is a team, like you said, they're the number one seed. They're in the conference finals. Right. There is some thought to me that, you know, a sign-in trade of this to get yep. Utah's pick and Hayward or – Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, to, to Jimmy Butler, Paul George, those were the two names that – you know, got mentioned them a lot at the trade deadline, um, and guys who were coming up on, you know, contract extensions and things like that. You know, so I would I would say if I'm them, um, I mean, it's an interesting debate because if you really believe Fultz or Ball or or both are transcendent guys that five years from now are going to be among the best in the league, well, you probably take them, and you realize they're not going to help us much next year, but they'll help us a lot down the road when a lot of these guys aren't here anymore. Um, but at the same time, if you think you're close and maybe some of this will depend on how the conference finals go, you know, if they get run off the floor and lose in four games, they might think, well, we're not really close. Let's take the asset and, and build. If they really challenge the Cavs and it's a six or seven game series and they come up just short, 
then I think you're more tempted to say, we got to get somebody who can help us get over the top next year. Absolutely. And, and it's an interesting thing because obviously, you know, Ainge is always interested in trading down and acquiring assets. But, yeah. you, you know, at some point, much like with what the 76ers are looking at, you, you got to turn it into something, you know. You do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it's a uh, it's a fascinating top of the draft because of the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, the, the two marquee franchises in the history of basketball, they're open to at different points. You know, the Celtics are a number one seed in the conference finals, um, and the Lakers are – you know, down and have been down one of the lowest points in their franchise history. But now they each have a chance to, you know, supposedly, like I said, I'm not totally sold on it yet, but supposedly get a transcendent type of player that maybe can, you know, I mean, you can, you can see the stories now, Celtics, Lakers, rivalry, dude, if these two guys are as good as they're supposed to be, and maybe they're, you know, facing off in the finals in six or seven years. What do the Lakers do with D'Angelo Russell? Well, I mean, I think if provided we're going to say they take, you know, either one of the point guards who doesn't go to number one, um, I think you you probably try to shop him. Uh, you could maybe move him to shooting guard. I read this morning, you know, but uh, that feels I know. <laughs> moving him to shooting guard feels a lot like the thing you say when you know you have to trade somebody and you're trying to argue yes. that you would keep him. No, no, no. We're going to put Agreed. him in shooting guard. We'll be fine. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you probably try to try to move him and you try to get another pick for him um you know if you can i mean because he's a prime example of a guy you know he's he's been in the league two years he's probably i'm guessing 20 or 21 years old right now uh so still a lot of room to grow and you know could he be a guy a la you know a chauncey billups who it didn't work out in his first stop and and he got another chance and he ended up having a really really good career good no, I don't. I don't know, but uh, there's going to be teams that are intrigued by a, you know, a 21 year old guy who can score and handle the ball and do a lot of things that people look for in a top notch point guard. And I think that there might be some value in him being out of LA. There might be. Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a rough couple years for him there. Um, you know, it hasn't hasn't been smooth. So I, I think you know, you look at a, at a nucleus of we'll say Lonzo Ball. We'll, we'll put him in there temporarily along with uh you know brandon ingram who i think has big time potential julius randall who is maybe not an all-star caliber player but a really solid player that's that's something to build around you need more you need some vets you need you know i mean you can't you know you don't win with a bunch of 22 year olds in the nba but it gives you the pieces to build around uh, you know and then again magic's been very open about hey this is this is not a one-year rush job turnaround we're gonna we're gonna build this thing slowly we're gonna build it right that's a decent nucleus to start with absolutely now i'm gonna just give a free no no money no nothing just a free hello to the powell family and to kevin brady because that's the (laughs) only chance someone is listening maybe pat richardson maybe i'm gonna include him yeah I'm also okay. going to just for just in case Bobby Hurley. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. We hope so. Maybe somebody we hears. So. Maybe somebody hears this. They know Bobby Hurley. You That's know. right. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him he's got two fans at us, and you know, give us a shout any now and every now and again. He's welcome on the pod. Guest. 
You know what? Anyone yeah. who I mentioned, if you really want to be on, you're welcome. Right. Just tweet right. at us right. at Ben and Matt Pod. Even if you're not somebody I mentioned and you want to be on, just yeah. And it doesn't matter. We can talk sports. We can talk about other stuff. We can talk exactly. about. Exactly. I'm telling you this right now. Little preview for everyone. Matt and I are going to have a very long debate about where Ryan Reynolds ranks in the pantheon of comedy actors. Um, we're going to record it uh, soon. I'm not going to put a date on it because I forget that we're going to do it, and then we have something else that we have to talk it's, about, but it's coming. And so if you want to jump... It's a great summertime discussion uh, yeah. when the sports world slows to a halt, basically. So if you have our phone numbers, text us or call us with your opinions. If not, tweet at us at Ben and Matt Pod. But since nobody's yep. going to make it this far because we're 15 minutes into this, uh, I yeah. feel pretty safe. I mean, I could just start cursing. I could start saying horrible things about people. No one's ever <laughs> going to hear this. It's just going to be buried out in the, you know, out in the ether. No one's ever going to yes. know. But uh, we're going to yes. we're going to finish. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs now. Matt, yep. the Warriors are a dirty team and Zaza Pachulia should be the first person who Trump deports. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, anything I say is going to come across as probably, you know, somewhat for grapes. So I'll try to mitigate it. Um, I have I have thought for a couple of years that the that the Warriors are a bit dirty. Um, are they? You know, I mean, Draymond Green. I think calling him a dirty player is not a controversial opinion. I think there's plenty of photographic and video evidence to back me up. Are you talking about him uh, groin shotting Stephen Adams or yes. yeah. like yeah, like he's yeah. China in the late '90s, early 2000s That's WWE? Right. That's right. Yeah, you know, and and Pachulia has a history, you know, well before he was with the Warriors, of doing stuff like that and doing it. You know, earlier this year he got into it with uh, Russell Westbrook. You know, the hard screen and then stood over him and uh, you know, so so yeah. Um, do I think that that play was cheap? Yes, I do. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he uh, as Popovich pointed it out in his rant, two steps on the closeout. Uh, you know, one step, I'll get, he took an extra step. Um, you know, there have been those who say, well, boy, did he, you know, he could have planned that. No, you can't plan it, but you, you know, you give yourself a chance. You know, you put yourself in position to maybe injure the guy. And yeah, if it happens, it happens. Um, uh, you know, did they they purposely send him out there and say, "Hey, we're down by twenty. We need you to take out Kawhi Leonard"? I don't think that. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not that much of a conspiracy theorist. Um, but it certainly worked out to that to that end. Uh, it, you know, it, it was a uh, a huge swing in, in everything. I mean, in that game and really the entire series just feels totally different. It did even when that game ended. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it well. It reminded me so much of the 2008 conference finals when the Spurs got in and they were playing the Lakers, and the Lakers were the one seed. They were the, the you know, presumed favorite, and and uh, the Spurs led for much of Game One in LA, and they ended up losing a close game, gave up the lead, and pretty much the series over from there. They lost in five, and it just feels like this series kind of follows a similar pattern now. Yeah, I mean. It's interesting. Going back to your point, I don't think that they ordered the hit. I don't think that there's no. going to be some sort no. of video that ESPN's going to unearth of <laughs> yeah. Mike Brown, you know, telling him to do it. But right, right. But on the same, you know, the reason for that is not because it's not good strategy. It's because do you really want when your best two players are both lower body sure. fragile? 
to to sure. start opening the door for that. Um, right, exactly. I mean, no, I don't believe that, and I and I don't think anybody has suggested that. I mean, uh, again, people take certain words, and you know, I, and I knew when I read Popovich's rant on Monday that people would would twist it, and sure enough, they did. You know, well, he compared it to manslaughter. No, he didn't. No, no, he did not. He simply made a point that intent doesn't have to matter to for the for the thing to be a crime. And in that case, he's right. Uh, you know, I mean, whether or not he intended to injure him or not doesn't really matter. We get into that sometimes. Well, the fact is, he did. He made a play that was unnecessary. Any did he go out to do it? I don't know. Only he can answer that. Well, so the question I have for you then is a little broader. They called a foul. So they did. They did. So is the there's really issue, nothing you can do. I mean, uh, unless I mean, you're going to suspend guys for injury causing plays. And and be honest. Um, suspending Zaza Pachulia would have made zero difference in last night's game. Uh, you know, so so you could even make that. I know I've heard that argument with hockey. You know, well, you know, somebody has a play that injures a guy, you should send that guy out for any amount of time. Well, what if the guy's not as good? I mean, you know, see Crosby missed that game, and, and, you know, he got the concussion against the Capitals. You know, the guy who injured him is not as good as Sidney Crosby. So if that rule was in place still advantage capitals in that situation and, and it just lends itself to goonery because you'd say well you know i'll send patchouli out there take out leonard yeah, we're fine with trading it off yeah you know i'll i'll trade patchouli missing a game to missing your mvp candidate so there's really nothing you can do i i'm not a hundred percent sure what popovich was trying to accomplish with that rant i i, I think sometimes because of popovich's background we we, had, we try to ascribe some sort of deep meaning. To me, that was frustration. That was a coach who saw his best chance to steal a game in Oakland disappear, and he's frustrated, and he was angry, and he let it out. I'm not sure there was some deep hidden meaning to it. I, I think he just let his emotions out. One, one thing that I had heard um, from Zach Lowe's podcast with Doris Burke and elsewhere was the idea that both coaches sort of put it on them. They none of the players came out and said anything. Right. They they you know they all said right. you know no no no, and and Pop blew up and then Brown blew up right. and right. you know right. keeping keeping yeah. Draymond Green under wraps in situations like that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know. Again, I, like I said, I think you know because Pop was you know uh, you know Air Force guy and he he worked you know special ops and you know we think he's got this agenda for everything he says and probably a lot of times he does he's a smart guy and he's a shrewd guy but to me that that was simply a you know somewhat showing frustration showing anger that you know his best player just got hurt and they just lost a 20-point lead on the road in a game that could have you know who knows who knows what it would have done you win that game all of a sudden the whole perception of that series feels different does it mean they were going to win it obviously not but it, it certainly, you know, feels a whole lot different at 1-1 than 0-2. Absolutely. And on the flip side, you've got uh, Cleveland Celtics. How, where do you think is going to happen that series? Uh, well, I, I mean, I would pick Cleveland. Uh, I, I don't think that's a huge reach. Now, I, you know, I thought a little bit ago um, that tonight was the night that that uh, Boston would win because of the rust. The last I checked early on, Cleveland's out to a good start. So maybe I was wrong on that opinion. Um, but I still think they could. I mean, I, 
you know, I think Boston needs to win this game. They really do. Because if they get beat tonight, then it just takes on the feel of, wow, you couldn't beat them after they hadn't played for 10 days. No one. Uh, you know, this is this is kind of the game to catch Cleveland asleep at the wheel. And if they don't do that, then, you know, you, you start to wonder how long the series even goes. Yeah, I mean, it, Cleveland's up 11 at the end of the first. Boston's having trouble getting yeah. on track. It's 30-19 right now. I, I think yeah. that I'm with you. If Boston doesn't get this one, you know, we, we watched them do it against the Bulls, come back from losing two sure. at home, but this isn't the Bulls. Um, this is not the Bulls. No, it's not. No. <laughs> No, no, uh, you know, this is a whole different beast. And, and uh, you know, as long as LeBron is out there, then it's tough to pick against his team in the East. I mean, we do it every year. It seems like his team goes through a lull at some point, whether it's early or late or midseason, and we think, uh, team looks vulnerable. And then every year when we get into the playoffs, they don't look so vulnerable. And so far it's following script. Yeah. Well, we'll be back to discuss it. There might not be much of a series left on either end to discuss, but we'll be back to discuss it, talk about the conference finals, and uh, discuss Ryan Reynolds. Seriously, if you, if you made it this far, you must be a friend of Matt or mine. Text us, call us, tweet at Ben and Matt Pod. Something. Let me know. Let me know if I'm just yes. screaming into the vast nothingness or if somebody is hearing me. Uh... <laughs> This is a, it's not a cry for help, but it's it's pretty close. It's, it's I was about to say the good news is you're not sounding desperate at all. <laughs> I'm not trying to I don't think desperate's the right word. Desperate's the tone I try to strike when I'm trying to meet women. Uh, okay, okay. But uh, you know, if you're listening, just please please let me know. You know. All right. Yes, I feel like yes. I'm the Hurley he boy and you're the dad. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Benny Matt Sports.